Hello. Hello. I'm Emily. I'm Molly. And welcome to Stupid Genius. Genius. Stupid Genius. Genius. Woo. How stupid or genius are you feeling today? I feel so, okay, not stupid, just tired. I'm a tired, tired gal. Oh God. I mean, I'm tired and my weekend has been like a tenth of your weekend. Oh my God. I just, yeah, you know my stupid. I've already told you. I just overdid it at the weekend. I feel like I've been living your stupid Literally, literally, I like the sun. Sundays are meant to be for relaxation, and I came and not came and visited you. Yeah, my stupid is I saw saw you you at the weekend. weekend. Yeah, Um, yeah, went to see you. We had a nice day out in Chester, and that should have been enough. I should have gone home and and just sort of like relaxed. But then I went climbing for four hours, and then I went to a curry movie night with the girls, and then got back like. Half twelve, got to bed at one. Oh my god. So when you say you climb for four hours, do you mean you literally climb for like four hours? Or is that like stand at the bottom? I exercise my mouth a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then I do like one or two climbs. Right. And yeah. how long does one or two climbs take? Like five seconds. <laughs> no, no. No, I, it depends it depends on the day. Like obviously Sunday I was tired, so didn't really get much climbing in. But I'd say you do yeah, you, 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 you talk, you come down, you talk, you try climb, try climb. So you're there down. for the socials as much as the climbing in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's why it's such a good sport where people like it so much yeah. because it's so sociable, but it's also like you are, you are like I'm achy. Yeah, yeah, it really works yeah. out. And like you get frustrated at problems. It's like problem solving. Yeah. There's all sorts, there's all sorts going on. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. We are not being sponsored by any climbing walls, but Emily would be would be very welcoming of it. I'd be more than happy to be sponsored, please. So what is your stupid then though? That's my stupid. I overdid it at the weekend. I just, Overdoing it. I just, yeah. So now, right now, I I'm, I literally said to you, I might have to go home and nap. And like, I don't have time to be, be napping during the yeah. day. Who am I? Who do I think I am? I don't think I've ever known you to have a nap. No, I'm not a nap. I like used to be when I was 18. Yeah, still growing. <laughs> but I was still like knackered. Oh my God, I used to nap so, so much. much. In my early 20s, I would nap for like two hours Same. a day. And like every day. People would, I like, oh yeah, I went through such a phase of just being like, I am so tired though. <laughs> So tired. so tired and that's me right now I'm gonna have probably and then I'm probably gonna have to work a little bit later than oh. I wanted to because but in a way do you not think potentially like the advice that we've given on this podcast should you not maybe take today as a write-off then otherwise are you gonna end up napping working till late and then being tired tomorrow and a knock-on effect have a massive knock-on effect whereas maybe you take today you say right I've learnt my yeah. lesson I did too much the weekend I need to recover rest recuperate today yeah, yeah maybe and then smash it tomorrow and be fully, fully charged fully recharged otherwise um, you're going to be running on like half empty probably yeah that's true and I need to do some stuff like I need to do a food shop and stuff like that so maybe I get that in have instead have an admin life yeah, sorting day rather than trying to cram it all in and then yeah. be and then probably not get to bed until one again exactly and then tomorrow you're gonna need another nap and then so oh my god yeah. and then i'm napping yeah. forever and ever and ever <laughs> what's your stupid um so my stupid is just a sort of little silly one i suppose because mm. the other day i went to godstone's library which we've mentioned before is just like a nice place it's a normal library essentially you can just join it yes. but it's a really nice environment isn't it it's you know what it feels like how a PhD should look yeah you feel like a real researcher academic researcher yeah. it's very, like Harry Potter exactly yeah. very Hogwartsy. and then um, I don't live too far away from it and then um, I was going one day and I couldn't take the car and I didn't really want to get the train because it's a bit of a faff the car, the car. The car. Um, and so I said to Lloyd 
oh, like, I'm not sure how I'm going to get there. I can't be bothered with the train. It's a bit faff. And he was like, oh, well, I think you can cycle there. I was like, oh, okay. That's... And you're getting really into your cycling. Well. Really into it. You I like, cycle to the train station. I like pootling about. I cycle to town. I cycle to the station. Yeah. I like, you know, it sounds awful. I don't wear a helmet that often. No, I don't wear, like, lycra. I'm just, my bike, it was 40 bike quid. It's very heavy. It's, it's not a heavy like bike. It, that's it. It rattles. Yeah. You know, when we say I'm getting into cycling, do not picture me in lycra, guys. Um, <laughs> Just like powering through it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But anyway, I decided to do it because it was nine miles, which is quite far for me. I think my bike's only ever done about two in a row. Oh my gosh. Um, nine miles. Yeah, but like the first six were on this cycle path, which is really nice and green and everything. Anyway, so I decided to do it. Heavy rucksack though. So I got like my laptop, my charger, mm-hmm. my lunch. You don't my want to fall over in that. Yeah. What? You don't want your laptop. Oh, right. I always get stressed when I have my laptop on the back and I'm like, don't fall out, don't crush Oh my, my God, that didn't even cross my mind. Can you imagine if because, I fell and smashed yeah, my laptop? Because that's what I freaked out, you know, when I had that void crash. Yeah, so I freaked out about that. Like, I was like, oh my God, my laptop, oh my God, my laptop. Now that would be a stupid. Yeah. I'd be coming in crying, I think, yeah, if that yeah, was yeah. the case. But, but not, no. No, you didn't fall? No, I didn't fall, but it was uphill the whole fucking way. The last two miles were like a steep hill to the point where I actually had to get off my bike. <laughs> oh, no, that's always so embarrassing when so you have embarrassing. to like... What next to your bike? Pushing it, I know. And then I kept clicking, clipping my ankles with the bloody oh, pedal. And then it absolutely chucked it down. I'm talking like the heavens, the heavens opened. opened. Biblical downpour. It was a biblical downpour. And um, I was sort of laughing because I was like, this is just comical. Yeah. My waterproof jacket. Meeting your supervisor as well. Oh yeah, well, she She's doesn't care. Her. But I turned up and I was literally, I was sodden with sweat and rain and my face and was bright red. <laughs> yeah, my face was so red. And then I obviously had to sit in Gladstone's library all day. Oh, sopping And wet. I was literally shivering. I had like oh. such a nip on because it was oh, so cold. And um. Yes, I sat there and I just sort of thawed out throughout the day. And by the time I went home, I was finally dry. Oh, that's horrible. But cycling back was quite nice. Yeah, because it was downhill. Yeah, it was downhill. So it's a lot of it. So what was the, what would you say? Cycling just... to Glassstones. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. I hope you used to me that was a stupid. Well, I'm afraid it is. It was a good idea. It was just It bad. wasn't executed poorly, well. Yeah, that's it. Poorly planned. Yes. Well, I don't know about that. What did you check though? I did check the weather and it said it was going to start raining at nine. But I was getting... You didn't even have any waterproof. You didn't... No, I did have waterproof, but, you know, I have a different body right now. And so it doesn't zip up. And so I was, like, so wet. Just Just coming at your front. Yeah. And, you know, when, like, your hands are, like, so wet and cold on the handlebars. And it, like, starts dripping off your nose. Nightmare. Luckily, I didn't have any makeup on and I didn't really care about it. What about your genius? My genius. What is it? I've just, I've been having, I've had a really good week actually. Um, But mainly just figuring out my data collection. So it it sounds a bit boring, but um, I basically have to, we all have to do data collection, but mine's in the labs and I don't really know how to, um, I don't know, analyze the data and it takes a lot of time so say if you want one participant it could take like two days or a week you know it takes, to analyze it or to collect yeah, it to analyze it it's just time consuming and um we were playing around in the labs and we figured out a way that it literally does it overnight Stop not like it. not like fully but like it 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 halves it like half the time of day so so what it like automates it yeah there was a way that you can do it yeah yeah automatically like I was so happy. So, yeah, that's what um, me and my colleague, friend, (laughs) was figuring out. And um, she's, I mean, she's a bloody genius. So she mainly did it. And I was like, how do you do that? (laughs) 
It's a show me, show me. And then, um, yeah, we played around a bit. Didn't work. And I was like, right, well, it's not Friday's issue. We'll sort it out Monday. And then she sent me a little video of it working. And I was like, stop. So I, I'm jinxed, basically. And I was like, any reason? Any reason why it wasn't working? She was like, nope. Just started working. <laughs> Just started working. You wanted it too much. It sensed your Exactly. It really did. And it was Friday at five o'clock. So I was like, up. Oh, You'd had enough. Yeah, and we couldn't figure out why it wasn't working. It just shows, doesn't it, like how important it is having these like working relationships because, you know, a PhD is a solo journey, but yeah. actually that time that you had with your friend, she's helped you crack something that's going to save you Literally. probably like a week of work. Yeah, because I was watching videos on it, um, like YouTube videos on that, and I was thinking, wait, why don't we do this? Is that something we could do? And it's like we were sharing the same brain because she came in, she was like, I figured it out. I figured out how. And I was like, well, what, what, what? And she was like this. And I was like, wait, I was actually just watching that video. Oh my God. So does she need to use the same analysis? Yeah. And she's pissed off, obviously, because her whole PhD, she was like, I could have saved so much Oh, time. she's already done her. Yeah, she's already oh. done her. So she's a postdoc. Um, but she was like, I can't wait. I can't wait. That's she was so, so happy. cool. She was way more excited than I was because I was like, I mean, I was a bit like, I don't know what the hell yeah. I don't, know. I don't, well, I don't she, understand it I suppose she's been through it and she knows how time consumed it really is yeah so. exactly so she was like yes that's like, awesome yeah so I got one participant that I have to do the long data processing for but yeah all the others yeah yeah sorted. and to be honest in terms of obviously I don't do quants but in terms of writing up the study mm-hmm. it might look good for your rigour if you can show that you've done it once with one participant with the like other data analysis yeah. to show that you were working through any kinks or whatever. Yeah, figuring it out and then not like, as a pilot, yeah. but almost like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well done. I know. I'm pretty lovely. Feel pretty stuff. Genius. Yeah, yeah. And I love being in the labs. So much fun. It looks fun. It is really fun. I always have a little pang of social science jealousy when I see like you in a lab. It's just it's so ridiculous because I just think, like I don't know. That day I came in and all I did was like put markers on myself and then walked about in the lab and like fiddled around with some stuff and like we were like honestly like playing like figuring it out and like playing around with stuff I thought oh this is like and then it obviously gets me I'm like I didn't do any work I'm like no 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 this is that is your work it's my work what the hell yeah I love it that's so cool (laughs) isn't it what's your genius genius my genius my genius my genius Genius? Um, it's not as fun as that my genius is just that I had a couple of really good days last week um, at Gladstone's working on the paper edits remember I said I think last week about the paper revisions Mm -hmm. for this journal and they're going pretty well actually to the point where even my supervisor who's the co-author she was like I'm a bit concerned it's a bit too easy like the the revisions are proving a little bit too simple as in like and I think it helps that all the revisions like you know if you get revision revision hang on let me say that again reviewer comments (laughs) and you don't agree with them yeah. Right. That can be really tricky, can't yeah, it? Yeah, because then you're like fighting whether you're more, like, I don't know where you're, yeah, where what you, you stand, believe where and you, what they yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Luckily, everything they've said, we're like, yeah, fair. Yeah. We can yeah. see that too. <laughs> yeah, we thought that. Yeah, we like, we had, when we wrote the paper, we wrote it in a very short amount of space of time because yeah. of the deadline for it. And so, yeah, it's great. They, they, they've picked out really useful things. Amazing. We're changing it. We work quite well. Well, we work very well together. We have a similar working style, like a, a similar writing style. So it's just all coming together really nicely, I think. So nice. Yeah. So you, so you put it together. Well, we've still got some more work to okay. do. We, we've done pretty much all the edits of the intro, the lit review, the methods, and we just need to do some on the findings and, mm. the, conc- and the contribution. And then we're pretty much sorted to resubmit it. I know, which is exciting. And then obviously the thesis is ticking over, but this week is a big week for me with the thesis, so... 
Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, you're well, well, yeah, we'll see. Let, yeah. Let's wait till next week to talk yeah, about yeah, that. That's so true. I, you remind me that like when I was doing my edits of my, uh, one of my thesis chapters, I was, I was like, oh, this is, I thought it was a lot. I don't know. Some days you look at it and go, oh, that's, I don't get what they're trying to say. And then other days you look at it and you're like, oh wait, yeah. And I like, I thought all their comments was like, really easy and was quick to do it's there the was a lot feeling. but like, it was like very minute yeah there's and nothing better when when you can resolve a comment oh my god I on a word doc. see i just delete it delete yeah i i usually delete them but just with this final chapter i've i've resolved. just resolved just okay. in case i need to go back to yeah. them but usually i'm a delete girl. i'm a delete yeah actually <laughs> <so> <laughs> not what we're talking about today but we should go through uh, like um comments, comments. Yeah, yeah because i remember first get my first i like what to do with them do you delete do you comment back do you what do you and how do you work around like the reviewer or your yeah, supervisor like giving comments because that was definitely a, a moment we, we'd all discuss it like what do you, do you delete them is that rude is it do we yeah what's the what's the what do we do i know what you mean yeah and i like probably that. work differently but like no some good sort yeah, of best yeah, yeah. practice yeah and claire actually my supervisor she shared some a really useful technique with me um last week on how to deal with reviewer comments in terms of a paper so i'm happy to oh share that yeah well. i'll write that down now watch this space guys but for now should we get rambling i think we should let's do it let's go We are talking about today um, how to stand out from the crowd and what you need to become a lecturer. And this comes on the back of a request that we got. You asked. We, we deliver. Got, yeah. That's literally, how it works, guys. <laughs> we kind of figure out what we want to talk about. But if you want us to talk about something, we'll do it. Yeah, let us know because one of our lovely listeners um, wrote into us and just said that they would really appreciate an episode on um, how to get a lecturing job basically after your PhD because obviously um, that's something I've done. Yeah, and what kind of experience you need to gain throughout your PhD to, if that's what you want to do. And annoyingly, a PhD is not enough on its own. No. It's not enough. You have to gain other skills or show that you gain the skills during your PhD. Exactly, because you don't want to get to the end of the PhD and start applying for jobs and suddenly be like, oh shit, there's a lot of things here that I need that yeah. I haven't got, which you could have got throughout which the PhD. I'm actually scared of us going through it that like maybe there might be stuff that I'd be like, oh, or not. <laughs> I don't think months. so. <laughs> you're like, you're okay. I think you're okay. <laughs> we've had pretty similar experiences. We do. We've, we've worked our little butts off. We have. And I think it's like, obviously it's important to note that not everyone is going to want to get a lecturer role after their PhD. No. But you might. And if you do, this it's, is for you. Yeah. If you don't, these things are still going to apply. Like exactly. in any sort of academic job. I know with um, social sciences, it's more likely that you're going to get a lecturer role after your PhD. Whereas in the more sort of subjects maybe it's a postdoc which is slightly yeah. different but or again research role it's similar sort of yeah. they want to see similar stuff and I think the the appeal to lecturing or staying in academia is the security a, a postdoc or research role you're constantly applying for grants you're const- constantly like on the edge of whether you're going to get funding again or whether you're probably on a year contract two-year contract yeah exactly whereas that. lecturing is a bit more stable a bit more yeah yeah i mean you often get given like mine is a permanent contract yeah that's it um and yeah so bear that in mind when you listen to these sorts of tips and stuff but but also through doing what we're going to talk about you can see whether you want to be 
Electra as well. So it's like, yeah. it's a it's a win-win. Exactly that, yeah. Because you can gain a lot from looking at like the eligibility criteria of a job role because you can be looking at it and thinking, well, hang on, if I need that and that and that, I don't oh, want to do that. that. And that yeah, and yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like actually I have done that and I hated it. And yeah. that's a massive part of that role. So maybe yeah, don't exactly. do it. Okay, let's jump into it. So what I thought we would do is go through the eligibility criteria that I had to work Eligibility. With. It's so hard Such to say. Hard to say. <laughs> for the job role that I applied for and was successful in. And woo. yeah, I just, woo! <laughs> I thought we'd go through those sort of headings and I'm just gonna, I'm, not, I'm gonna interview you, Emily. Oh my God, amazing. <laughs> I'm running on such little sleep. <laughs> so. no, I'm joking, that's too much pressure. I won't, but let's chat about them. So, cool. one of the first ones, and I guess this one is pretty obvious <laughs> and hopefully quite a simple tick off, is that you need to have education in a related discipline oh it's so hard <laughs> i don't have any well i mean i suppose one thing is you need to be applying for, for lecturing roles within your yeah. area this is the issue though if you realize that like actually do i want to do what i've done my phd in and then you kind of you are kind of pigeonholed in that sense but then if you think of it as a broad area so for example like the job role that i was going for was a um lecturer in ethical business and responsible mm-hmm. management okay yeah my PhD is within a business school but really it was probably my undergrad and postgrad in philosophy that helped me get that yeah helped me tick that box so it could be broader like for you you're not going to get a lecture in like biomechanics probably it would probably be in like sport it'd be something broader wouldn't yeah it? probably not but that's I, because do they have lecturers in biomechanics yeah they have um, pure, pure biomechanical lecturers and then like physiology lecturers so it's not like you don't do sports science in general because they're so like I mean as well we have such like big numbers in terms of students that come it's the same with business to be fair like this first module that i'm teaching on there's like 370 students crazy (laughs) it's crazy yeah that's the same as ours and then they just whittle out because it's like because no offense sports science but like people do it they're like i like sport yeah and then they get into it they're like oh this is actual science yeah i don't mean it's like a it seems easy so they do it yeah yeah and then they realize like oh wait it's a science maybe not okay so Um, maybe that one isn't as straightforward as we thought but i'm sure it's it definitely is because well you you can, I don't know, you definitely have that experience within your PhD, so it's like a tip. And why would you, I mean, unless you really, really hate it, you probably are gonna go for what you've done your PhD in, yeah, realistically. But, and also, like, it's really important to remember that, like, just because you have a lectureship in that particular field doesn't mean you have to research in that particular field. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like, so this job that I've got, I can do whatever research I want. So even if you get a lectureship role in your PhD subject, mm-hmm. you can then still branch off and do different yeah. things. So yeah. I feel like out of all of them, this is in a way, not the least important because you need it, but it doesn't confine you as no. much as you think it does. No, no, it's not going to pigeonhole you in the sense of like, now you're a biomechanical lecturer, you can't do research outside of that. Exactly. Yeah, Fact. for sure. Cool. So the other one, and obviously this is important, um, sometimes I wonder how many lecturers actually tick this box, the ability to teach. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. We're not, we're not here to slate lecturers. <laughs> no, but I have had some bloody terrible ones. I've had some just, yeah, just like the reading off the screen. Oh, it's annoying. It's really annoying. Just and- like monotone. They just... Yeah. Like a bit like you know um, in Harry, I don't know if I've had so many Harry Potter references already, but you know like Professor Bins. Mm. Yeah, you do. Who teaches history of magic? No, and I don't. he's a ghost and he just stands at the front and drones on for like an hour and then no, I don't, I don't remember that. But I've, yeah, what? what? 
I've read the books as well. Oh my God, shame Man. on you. But the ability to teach. So if you're a PhD student, you need to be able to demonstrate when you go for that job that you have the ability to teach. So um, how would you go about demonstrating that? Well, I guess you'd have to get a lecturing or teaching role throughout your PhD. And that's so, I mean, if you verbalize, so I TSO, which is teaching support officer. So I'm not, I don't run, I don't carry my own lectures like say you have done but I do I do lead lab practicals or I then support the lecturer there and sometimes I actually do do my own teaching so that way it's a nice little like hand holding exercise and like because it's scary and I was petrified the first year that I was doing it and then you just get more comfortable in it now I would be like I'd happily stand in the lecture hall and give a lecture because you know I think that's easier than actually lab practicals because then when you're when you're doing seminars it's more engaging they ask questions and you're like whoop (laughs) do I know the answers Um, so I think verbalise that I verbalised it to my supervisors I said I think I want to stay in academia I'd like to get some teaching teaching experience and they were like cool we'll put you on the rotor yeah and that's it like your department really should support you in that so like Mm -hmm. If you have a programme leader, or you, you will have a programme leader, whatever they call themselves, but in our faculty and uni, it's programme leader, go to them, exactly as Emily said. If they say to you, oh, well, actually, you know, there's no openings at the moment, or we don't need any sessional work, yeah. um, then there are alternatives. There's something called the Brilliant Club, which I actually did in first year yeah. um, to gain a bit of experience. I do remember you doing that. I was I was debating whether to do that, but then I was like, oh, is what was it I was like you know and I was like oh wait I'm doing too much you know? yeah I mean I did it for the money yeah. <laughs> to be honest and also the experience um, I didn't love it but no. I think it was in its infancy when I first did it so there was quite a lot of disorganisation right. um, I had to prepare all the materials because they weren't at that stage yet <sighs> even though that was a plan for the future so it wasn't perfect but I have heard really good things about it okay. now like we have a friend who does it um, has done it the three or four years throughout her PhD she absolutely loves it yeah um, and also when I was doing it it was sort of COVID so I was doing it online with you know 12 13 year olds mm-hmm. which is pretty challenging whereas now you they're going back in schools so it's a bit nicer I think a bit more engaging so you know if for whatever reason your uni can't offer you sessional work then you could try that you could also think outside the box I guess uh, a friend of mine she um, volunteers it's also part of her PhD but um, at this charity which um, helps children with cerebral palsy and mobility and she's helped support them and that's like another form of teaching I mean I taught gymnastics that's another form that shows that you can communicate and teach skills I know it's very different and you try and try and get it within your field try and get it within lecturing or within like uh, educational sense but yeah teaching like, something teaching is something is nothing if you really if you're really really struggling think outside think outside what you what you can do and if you can get a tutoring role or yeah like anything anything. like that I think as well like another thing I did was I sort of networked within my faculty and um, made it clear that I was up for doing some masters teaching so you know get yourself known for a specific area so it became known in the faculty that I had this background in ethics and so I would be able to teach that at any level sort yeah. of thing so someone on the MBA program said to me would you like to do a day of teaching so you know yes I remember that yeah so then when I was writing my application I can say I also have experience teaching master's students yes. because I have this one day but that's enough you that know? is so enough to just talk about it because you can then talk about yeah, it yeah it's just something to talk about and you can actually also go like I have a friend um, who is in my faculty and she does session at other unis as well yeah 
So you could always like so she does actually yeah hill. someone someone who comes in and teaches externally yeah so if, if your uni's not being particularly helpful then go to all the unis yeah and... or just like I would say if your uni's not being helpful ask your supervisors if they know anyone that they can get you in contact with because they will have their networks they will have their connections because if sure. you're a first year coming in then you might not know who to contact or or you might want someone to like introduce you yeah they should. They should be able to do that and you can sort of, yeah, see where that takes you. And also just don't stress too much about teaching because I remember the first, I think, that's still now, I always still get a little bit nervous of like, what if a student asks me a question I don't know? You've, like, they probably will because they're like, they will ask a question and you'll be like, oh, oh, actually, let me think about that. And like, yeah, it's absolutely fine to say that. Okay that. And Or you can just use the tactic oh that's a good question discuss amongst yourselves yeah, what do you think what do you guys think and then I'll come back and see what you think and then I'm like Google, Google, Google. absolutely yeah and we could probably talk about teaching all day yeah yeah um, in fact maybe that's another one to put on the list the oh, teaching episode well the next criteria that I thought we could talk about which is really important is um, proving having a proving track record of high quality research okay so um, so how would you go about demonstrating that what high quality research does that mean in the sense of publications? Well, the way that I sort of read that when I was applying was I could demonstrate that my PhD was high quality research oh, yeah. because it, well, f- it got it, a scholarship. So yes. I, could, I could talk about that. But also if you're doing a PhD, even if you're not on a scholarship, your university has acknowledged that your research proposal was yeah. excellent. Otherwise they yeah. wouldn't have allowed you in. For me, I'd probably say the awards that I won. <laughs> that I win exactly or like the I won a student's excellent award for my research yes I also won poster like poster awards two poster awards and presentations so like it's, it kind of shows that like it, it's providing quality research totally and even if you're not winning awards I don't even think it needs to be that I think yeah. you can just say I have been accepted to present at this conference therefore whoever was hosting that acknowledged that my research was excellent I also presented at this you know having an abstract accepted to a really prestigious conference demonstrates that that research is excellent right it can be that simple I think and also obviously the big one if you can is publications yeah Um, it totally depends on the uni so I know that like the university that's the other university in our city you have to have like two publications publications to be able to apply for a job there we don't need that here. No, but... and I wouldn't want. Oh, to be honest, I don't. I I don't like the idea that you have to have publications to, to be uh to get this job role. But I do get why they want. To yeah, uh, and I think well, I I think what really helped for me was actually being able to show that I had publications in a pipeline. Yeah. Um, so I had one under review, and I had two that were also in the process of being yeah. close to revision. So I think if you can have something in review, mm-hmm. I was told that. I it's good. That. And it's also just like you don't have to, it doesn't have to be a part of your PhD. So I've got two publications, not first author, because I joined a systematic review. Yeah, none of mine are part of my no. PhD. They're all external projects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, so, and that took a month of my, I think, a month of my time, a month or two months. So, like, not long. Um, and you can get it done. And everyone's looking, systematic, get on a systematic review. Everyone's looking for coders and readers. And it's like, a quite an easy thing to do you read through you do the exclusion inclusion and it's not I mean it's not too 
no it's not heavy thinking work is no. it and it and it's it's an easy way to get a publication if if that's something you want to do yeah and i think it's like with the point about the teaching just make it really known to your supervisor or whoever yeah. because i remember when i started thinking about wanting to get a job around last year i said to my supervisors i was like i need some papers i need something to you know stand out to yeah. be able to get this job yeah. role and so um whenever they heard about like research assistant roles like, like I said yeah me it wasn't a systematic review but it was either doing the data collection or doing the data analysis yeah whatever you know apply for those because you will be a co-author and yeah. co-authors enough you don't that's need enough. to be first that's so true and yeah I think I had the same like I get emails going oh there's a research assistant opportunity do you want that and actually at that point I was like no I can't take them anymore which is which was mega for me. I was like, oh, did I just well say done. No? Yeah. <laughs> what? But it but it's nice to know that people are thinking of you and they know that that's like you're 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 in that sort of trajectory. Yes, and I think a lot of unis. I, I know our uni does, and I think a lot of unis has uni temps, which is really handy because yep. a lot of research assistant roles get put on uni temps, mm-hmm. and if you can find one within your faculty, great because that's going to be a co-author definitely ch- chat about with the team first to make sure you are going to be a co-author because it's not guaranteed no it's not and like there's different experiences that you gain so i think uh, a student is helping me with data collection but they won't be a co-author because it's not enough you know I, which sounds awful because i'm like can't they and then my supervisor like well it's not unless they help like maybe write or like put a bit more bit more into it it's not enough to just show up to the lab a couple of like a couple of times really what and they're doing all the data collection no 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 to me that should be yeah same right um it's not like no because like with the data collection it will just be like they'll be belaying or they'll be like having put on markers it's almost like a lab Uh, assistant like an assistant thing yeah yeah rather so so yeah you have to add more and i i did that as well with the i mean i did the same and that's just again i had to do it i wanted to gain experience in the lab i wanted to see how it worked i also learned a lot because then I'm applying it now. Yes. But and at the time I was like, what do you mean? I've, I'm giving up a week of my time and I'm not going to be a co-author. Now it makes sense because actually, what yeah. was I doing? Not, yeah, yeah. Not much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. And it was more like, yeah. So it's good to have those conversations early so you don't end up being disappointed, yes. I suppose. Yeah. Um, so the other one is collaborations. Yes. Being able to of... show that you collaborate, which obviously we've shown that in terms of research, but yeah any other ways like so for example um it might be i think i've mentioned on the podcast before i'm a co-lead of an early career academic network Mm -hmm. which is part of like a national well international scholarly group and so for me that was a big one i could talk about that as a collaboration because the two women i lead it with are at different universities across the country you know so straight away i'm showing i can collaborate so you've got your team that's an easy one well no not necessarily i don't have a team well, your supervisory team. team. That's what I mean. Yeah. But then you also like so for me, I have public advisors. So that shows I can ca- collaborate with external non-academics. Yes, definitely. Um, but I also have done loads of external stuff. So we did ride. We've talked about it before. The society, and that's a collaboration between students, uh, PhD students, and also like unis. We we collaborated with a lot of people. We what the society JSMU, which is John Moore's Student students Union. Union. We also collaborated with I mean like it shows that we can externally reach out to like the bars the this and yeah. that and like we have like this multidisciplinary approach and that I actually think is key being able to show that you can collaborate with 
different people from different faculties, different institutions, different types of people, yeah. i.e. academics, non-academics. Non-academics, yeah. local authorities, what else? Like- Do you know what I realised though when I was writing my application? It was how useful Ride Society. So if you're new to the podcast, Ride Society is Respect, Inclusivity, Diversity, Equity. And it's a society that Emily and I and a few other um, of our PhD friends created in mm-hmm. our second year of uni. Yes. Oh my God, when I was doing my application, so Golden. many times I used Ride um, to support my application. And we didn't create Ride for that reason. No. But I think if you can get involved in something extracurriculum that is nothing to do with your course and yeah. really focuses on this like student engagement or something like that, it's gonna bode well. It's bode well because we it was a student approach that we 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 wanted to capture student voices in in, in to make them feel more inclusive what a better way to show the university that you care for the students within this lecture and role than literally going above and beyond and creating this society for students. Exactly. So it's finding the thing that institutions are looking for and filling that Just goal. Just filling that goal. Yeah, filling that gap. And then filling that goal. Every hole is a goal. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think collaborations can be anything though. You can... You can, yeah, like externally what I just said, is collab- I collaborated with a systematic review, but you can also... I don't know, get on some different projects in terms of I'm helping um, organise this conference at the moment. That's a collaboration. Yeah, absolutely. Because like, there's a team of four of us and we're collaborating from different aspects. Because at the end of the day, like you could be the best academic in the world, but management don't want someone who's going to come on the team that's a pain in the mm-hmm. ass to work with. They want to know that you can work well with people. Yeah, yeah, literally. And you can just gain that anyway. You don't have to create a society. You can join a society. You can be like a committee member oh, and that right. shows that you can collaborate absolutely like, yeah. you don't have to do you don't, don't have to be extra <laughs> don't do what we do i guys. mean please create rides all over if you're at uni please create like some form of equity diversity society i'd love for that to spark out that'd be amazing yes um, just do it with lots of people so you've got lots of people yeah. to share the work. Yeah. <laughs> okay what's next um so next is research proposals and funding this one i found a little bit trickier um, I think if you're in the social sciences, we've probably got less experience of doing funding applications throughout our PhD. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I did have some stuff to talk about because I could talk about, well, my scholarship. That mm-hmm. was like a research proposal and it also gave yeah. funding. Um, but also I talked about applying for funding for conferences and stuff yeah. like that, which was all internal. I actually don't have any external funding Um that I've ever gained. No. So, did you, what about the, did you not talk about Ride in terms of like you had to gain your um treasurer treasurer i did not <laughs> that's so dumb because i forgot <laughs> but also i didn't really get any funding through that did i well, you, oh i did we did <laughs> we every it took both events we got like quite a lot of money yeah that's and so then true. we also raised a lot of money yes okay so guys when you're writing your <laughs> applications make sure you actually include everything and you know what this is actually a really good example because we I forget I forget what I've done and some people go don't you didn't you do that and I'm like oh shit yeah so actually when you're doing these applications ask like talk about them like do you remember what like I've got this to fill what have I done that's so true and I did do that with like Lloyd yeah but he doesn't have a fucking clue now and actually that makes me think as well another point which wouldn't have helped me in this situation because it wouldn't have been explicit on my CV but from day one of the PhD I've had a open not open active CV which I have updated every single time I've done anything yeah. so every time I've 
done a conference, anything that I you do, put it down. I put it on the CV. This so when is so I came annoying. To write this, this is something I I should have. My mum keeps my mum keeps going. Oh, you sh- you need to write that down, Em. And I haven't. I it's just all floating oh, in the air. Um, it's gonna be a nightmare when I come to it. Because then when I did come to do this, I literally just worked <laughs> through my CV. Be more like Molly. Don't be like <laughs> me. Because at the thought of like when I because I as well like it's a research proposals and funding. It is quite important to show that you can bring money into the uni. Definitely. They really love that. Yeah, if you can have like an external. Uh, an external grant from something yeah. they're gonna fucking love they you. fucking love that so like obviously I applied for this award got it but like when I was writing that out and like figuring out what I'd done it was a nightmare I was like trying to figure out like write a personal statement and I was like oh I need to put together a document where I have it all did I do it I was just like meh well you have that now <laughs> yeah so you can use that as a springboard that's and true keep adding to that that's true and I need to write down all the like awards because there's stuff I've forgotten to be honest I suppose if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh shit, I haven't, like Emily, had some big fancy... Fancy um, award. Fancy award or big grant, then I would say start small and your university, I'm sure, will have a PGR funding pot for PGRs to attend conferences. Most universities do. Have a chat with someone about how you can apply for funding for that because it's something it shows that you can put yeah. a proposal in and someone will give you money yeah, that's, that's what so you true. need to that's show. literally what you need to show yeah I, I did it for the recent conference because I thought I might need it um, turns out I, did, I didn't didn't need the money but I've now got that £350 for that conference if I if Brilliant. I want to and like and it was so simple guys it was so simple so simple it, and a lot of these are going to be like tick boxing exercises mm-hmm. you know because um, yeah they need to know as Emily said that you're going to be at least trying to bring money in throughout yeah. your throughout your time in that job you know exactly and and show that you can yeah put together a proposal yeah and in terms Ex- of a proposal right it doesn't have to be a funding proposal it can be a research proposal as well and you've all got your PhD You've all done a research proposal. You've done a research proposal to get your PhD, so talk about that. Yeah. So what about professional body engagement? Do you know what that is? Professional body engagement? No. So this is talking about... Not (laughs) And you will once I say it. This is talking about professional body, so... um, Oh, what's happened? Sticky leg? (laughs) My knee just... Oh! (laughs) What happened there? (laughs) My hip just broke. (laughs) Dodgy hip. No, I don't know. God knows what that was. <laughs> oh my god! It's a bloody crappy studio. Oh, okay, it's my phone. Yeah, guys. Okay, actually, <laughs> really off topic. Sorry if we sound really weird. We will for a couple of weeks because we're back in. We're back. <laughs> we're back in the crappy studio. I know. I hate it. Which was also why last week's sound was crap. We did try to sort of be um, be less tinny. But you can't polish a turd at the end of no, the day. No, exactly. And well, we can because we're we're doing PhDs, and that's essentially what that <laughs> yeah, is. True. But no, after uh, in a couple of weeks we'll be back to normal because uh, I think we mentioned it last week the studio is being refurbed yeah so, I don't know what we did I think I did <laughs> I'm gonna say I did but back to professional body engagement yeah, so um, every area of research will have a professional body so they call them like learned societies so for example I'm part of the Society of Business Ethics or um, mm. the British Academy of Management or there's fucking millions of them right? right you need to and people don't tell you this but in your first year find out what learned societies are relevant for you and join them usually there's a joining fee it's usually cheaper for PhD students it's usually like 25 quid okay have you done this? no so I'm the member of like four different ones and I was the representative for one of them of a society yeah learned society so um, women in sport I think was one wasn't it they usually hold conferences as well so every conference that you go Ah, to right like bases 
the the one that I said last week. What does that stand for? A uh, uh, British Association for Sport and Exercise. Science. That's one. That's a professional. Yeah, uh, that's a professional body. Got it. Got it. Got it. So, got it. It's, so it's usually like I guess the people that hold accreditations. And yeah, and like hold conferences as well. Yeah. The conference so that ISPCR. If you're into gay and posture. <laughs> Bloody gate and posture. So you just need to be a part of one. Join them, And it's usually like £50, yeah. But also be active. So, like, I sit on the committee. I've also held events for them. I've volunteered for them. I was a doctoral rep in my first year for it. You know, get involved. You know what? I'm going to write that down. Pop it down, then. Because I got asked to be on a panel. And at that point, I was too, uh, too busy. But now I think I could sit on a panel. Yeah, you and it doesn't even and need I don't to think be I have that. It honestly doesn't even need to be that much though. So like in the one that I was the rep for, um, the British Academy of Management, they have what they call SIGs, and you'll find there's a lot of abbreviations in these things. <laughs> Pass me your SIGs. Um, it stands for special interest groups. Yeah. And they have like gender and management or all these different ones. Okay. Join those and just attend the talks, you know, oh. that sort of thing. Yeah, and do you know what? They're just really nice places to build networks as well. So yeah, for sure. don't just do it for this, do it for the fact that it's really good. I've met so, so many, many people, people. Yeah. like unbelievably yeah most of the things that i've done as a phd student has come from being involved in these amazing uh, these bodies yeah. okay cool so really cool get get on it i'm gonna get on it get on it get get get, get on get it on. i actually was singing something else oh what were you saying i don't know jump on it <laughs> jump around <laughs> yeah oh, no, different song. wait is it um i don't know next one student experience yeah and this one as i'm sure you're about to say emily ride was really jump helpful on it. What is going on? Why is she rolling her hips at me? Stop body, air humping. Body rolls are really hard. <laughs> I'm actually really good. I went to um, yeah. um, belly dancing when I was in first year no at way. Cardiff. And a, be- a body roll of that is actually called a camel. A camel? A camel. No way. And I was really good at camel. You know what? You know what? What? <laughs> First time I went to your house, you put on a dance thing didn't you and we were dancing in your living room what was it called the fitness marshal that's it he's amazing i love him you're um, like it just builds me up it, it, it really me up. It does he does these like guys go on to youtube and look at the fitness marshal guess what though when i was in paris gone he was in paris oh my god did you meet him it was on his instagram stories <gasps> no but i messaged him like <laughs> Paris and I love you. I actually did. Let's dance together. I was like, I love you and I know you have loads of followers so you're not going to see this message but I'm going to spend the whole time in Paris looking Looking out for you. you. And then like three hours later, his next story, he was like in Tuscany. Uh, or something else. But he's doing a tour that him and his backup dancers, they're doing a tour around America at the moment (sighs) and every time he posts anything, I just put in capital letters, come to the UK. (laughs) I'm such a psycho. Come to the UK. He's like, oh my god, scared. We've really taken yeah, a detail. If he there. does come to the UK, we'll be going and dancing. Oh my god, we will. Yeah. You would fucking love it. I, lo- I mean, that one day when you showed me, we were just like dancing, doing dances in your living room. And like, he's just amazing. like so funny. Yeah. He's so extra. And I can't remember what song we were dancing to. Oh my god, all of them. Yeah. All of them. He does them so good. Anyway, student experience. Yeah. So the things that I talked about here was I am a student rep for my doctoral yeah. program. I have been since first year so that was obviously very good because that's all Easy. about all about representing your students yeah. yeah and getting students engaged so I talked about that um, I also talked about the fact that I'm on the academic board which okay that's many people might not I don't mm-hmm. know that's quite a specific thing mm-hmm. but getting on some sort of board that deals with the student experience yeah I feel like we're, we're moving into um, like 
being on panels and especially EDIR, I know we've mentioned it a lot, which is actually diversity, inclusivity and respect, but um, I know my department, I don't know about you, but my department has a um, panel for that and they probably want student experiences. Or like you're technically still a student, but you're in that nice little in-between stage. So that the thought of you going on, for me, I could go, well, I sit on a panel, that's, um, that's all about student voices and engagement. Yeah. And then that's like, spot on perfect and what it, it doesn't take much of my time it takes what an hour or two per like qu- quarterly yeah exactly it's, it's like not it's not a massive commitment and then obviously then I went haywire and <laughs> created a society and did some events and, which was great which was though great. and that showed I think you just really need to show here because it's like for example at our uni one of the values is students at the heart that's obviously not going to be at every uni but they'll have something like that yeah. because let's face it the students pay the bills right they yeah. need to know that you care about the students and you care about engaging with the students so whether you show that experience through sitting on panels in your faculty or even at a university level mm-hmm. or getting involved in the student union like like Emily said you are a student and you might feel okay you might be a bit older than the undergrads yeah. or whatever but there'll be societies out there and being involved in those show this student engagement for sure definitely i do think though if you can volunteer to be a a faculty rep i think that's a really really easy and actually really valuable way of showing that you care yeah and like you're a very good rep but you don't have if you don't if you don't have time a lot of people don't show up oh my god hardly anything yeah. yeah that really pisses me off it, it annoys <laughs> me too you're every yeah, yeah. and you're the only one there and you get obviously emailed because it's like well molly's remarkable well there's a few of us yeah. there is a few of us yeah but yeah i think being a rep is a good one and actually you get a lot of other opportunities through being a rep mm-hmm. so for example like i've been involved in this other edi project um in the faculty and it's because it gets you known right yeah people the, the faculty learns who their reps are and they exactly. come to you for stuff and you're a, the face for the rep right exactly yeah and i think the, all the opportunities that i got even like the the ride or the panel it was it was literally from just being too i just like a loud mouth talking about (laughs) i'm just talking about issues and then saying like oh that's really annoying me it's annoying me this and and then like my supervisor goes oh my god you should talk to this person because you like you'd really actually enjoy that and then talking to talking to her we've mentioned her on the podcast amazing she's amazing tori tori sprung and then she goes i feel like she gets so many shout outs on because she's just been so she is amazing she's just so pinnacle in my like development and like and just look like that springboard Tori sprung she sprung me she, into the <laughs> Tori sprung springing everyone up springing everyone up yeah so and then and then she was like well I've got so many ideas and then she sort of passed that baton on to me in terms of like motivation and that sort of passion mm-hmm. um, yes yeah, so and that I... would never have happened if I wasn't just like whinging or like talking to my talking to my super sharing an experience that I had had yeah and I do think that is um, the case for a lot of these that getting yourself known do you know what mm-hmm. I mean like there's PhD students in my faculty who I have never even heard of them or seen their faces they literally like do their PhDs at home and that's fine but you're not going to be able to therefore say you've been involved in student engagement no. you need to get yourself known well you're not going to stand there. out you're not going to uh, like you know just get involved yeah and like even it might even be little things like so because I was sort of known as a rep mm-hmm. um 
I was asked and the other rep as well to be on a panel um, which actually was really easy for me because I literally discussed all stupid genius stuff the panel was like <laughs> oh yeah I remember that you could be like ah oh. <laughs> yeah it was like um, it was a pre-doctoral session for undergrad and master students yeah. across the whole uni right and they asked me and the other business rep because we're reliable reps yeah. and we talked about that and again that's part of student engagement because yeah. you're engaging um hopefully to be students they're mm-hmm. not even students yet yeah you know, you're helping in that recruitment process even so it might be like um, volunteering at open days or welcome events stuff like that as well yeah you know it doesn't need to be um an, an invitation thing you might volunteer to do stuff yeah yeah, yeah for sure for sure amazing and um, okay what about december <laughs> i really can't speak today disseminating and applying your research i'm oh, sorry yeah. what do i remember what Go well on. we did an episode on uh sleep deprivation didn't we and like when you're tired, parts of your brain switches off. So maybe the speech part of your brain is just like... That's asleep. true. But I just feel like such a wet lettuce because I got to sleep at like midnight and I woke up at like 10 to 7. So I've had like... You've had a good... You've had a good... Yeah. Whereas like my sisters who have got babies and stuff, they but, sleep like four hours a night and I'm there like, oh, I can't speak. I can't. I've had only seven, seven hours. hours. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, disseminating and applying your research. So we've sort of talked about this. Conferences. Yeah. Easy. I think I think that's your main one where you can do that. I don't think we need to discuss further on that. Conferences. Go to conferences. Go to conferences. Make sure you go to at least one. And again, if you can talk about publications here. Yeah. Because that's a big one for disseminating research. But even like you can get creative. Twitter, you can disseminate your research that way. And they're actually getting, you know, journals um, are getting more into that in, in terms of like... Accessibility. Exactly. So writing on for things like, you know, the conversation or these little... Yeah articles blog rather. articles actually another one as well I go to forums uh, for older adults and I deliver my research to like I present my research to them so Perfect. I can like and that's such a nice way to be like I'm actually reaching out to the people that I research to help that educate them that's also wanky I need but like in terms of no it's like a knowledge sharing thing yeah yeah in terms of like, oh, like this is what I found in my research to be safer on stairs and it's and it's a way to like implement and have impact I was about to say it's the big eye it's yeah, the impact it's the impact yeah. whereas like conferences are good but you're in the echo chamber whereas like if you go outside of that it shows that you actually do you go above and beyond and you care about actually what you're researching but yeah. obviously that doesn't apply like how can you you can't really go to you can't really go to like I could they'd probably chase me yeah. out yeah. <laughs> they'd be like fuck off we know what we're doing and obviously it depends on what like what you're researching but say uh, if, if it is people based and it's something to do oh no I couldn't agree crazy. more I couldn't agree yeah. more so like Bex, she, she volunteers at, um, with people with cerebral palsy, stick and step, and that shows that she's yeah. helping in that way. You basically just need to take your research and tell people about, tell it. People about it. That's easy. essentially what that means. I think another easy one to say as well there, which I think everybody should do, um, is the three-minute thesis, because yes. it shows that you can also disseminate your research in a very concise, concise way. way, and in quite a high-pressure environment as well. So, exactly. And it's open for everybody. You know, you don't need to win something to be able to do it. Anyone can just yeah. have a go. Yeah. And it's fine. Like, even, be a hag. <laughs> be a hag, have a go. Exactly. So I would say the three-minute thesis as well. Um, I just want to say, hag have a go just like yeah, I, just yeah, wanna... yeah. I definitely said hag yeah, yeah, good. I just don't I don't want people to think like be a hag be a hag well why not hag, I feel yeah, like I'm exactly. getting into my hag era I'm yeah I'm a hag era I mean. be a hag and that actually again applies to all of this yeah 
throughout the PhD, you just need to be hagging around. Yeah, hagging, 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 Literally. I just had a stroke. I, I think, yeah, I'm just going to let Emily recover for a minute. Um, <laughs> I just glitched. <laughs> I do think that's one thing that me, you and I share mm-hmm. is we are massive hags because yeah. we do we have a go at everything yeah and that's really important because and i never see it as failing if i if i've technically have like that didn't work out i yeah. never go oh that fa-. i just was like oh i had a go at that. i'm working on that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i don't like failing to be honest yeah same <laughs> um but yeah there's loads of ways that you can disseminate your research so start early yeah definitely start early um delivery of teaching so this one is obviously linking back to that first one. Mm. It's going to be hard to demonstrate your delivery of teaching without having that early um, teaching experience. Yeah. Um, but yeah, how would you how would you show this in? Delivery of teaching. I actually wouldn't know. I'd have to probably read through what they mean by that. Well, I suppose it's like not only demonstrating, but it's like what is your delivery of teaching? I don't get it. I don't well, understand. Okay, so for example, like they want someone who is going to be innovative and use exciting, yeah. interesting methods of delivery of and teaching. This is the bit that really worries me because I know I don't like. I know I don't know any of the external like. I don't know, mate. You would research for like an hour and be fine. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you, but was... I know it's annoying because I don't apply it right now. No, no, but you then... don't apply it, but you can show. I suppose one, you would show awareness of it, and okay. also show that you think it's important yeah. and how you would do it. Yeah. So, if there's anything um, that you really, really don't have the experience of, mm. you just need to demonstrate that you would do it. So, for example, like I was lucky that I could talk about this because I've led two modules now. But um, you need to be say if you hadn't done any of that, you'd mm-hmm. say right. I'm aware that it's really, really important to have innovative teaching methods, and yeah. so my delivery of teaching would involve different um, media methods so I would use YouTube videos I would use Vivo oh okay so I, I guess use, I naturally do that anyway. yeah I would okay, use yeah. online quizzes I would yeah. use um, group tasks as well as small tasks yeah, yeah. I would use interactive teaching it's all about that they want to know that you're not just going to stand in front of the class oh. give them a fucking yeah. case study from 2001 and, and just do it and get hit them yeah. with a monologue do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean yeah. it's all okay, about okay. that okay and naturally na- I just would, wouldn't know I'd have to just google like Research I had to bit. do some research yeah, for this, yeah, 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 and like learning about. It. I guess it's like you know the word pedagogy. No. So ped- sounds like tamagotchi. <laughs> I love that. Say that in your interview. <laughs> I um applied tamagotchi teaching skills. <laughs> it's just so nineties. So yeah, gone. No, so pedagogy is is the theory of teaching. It's all things okay. to do with teaching so pedagogy I basically just di- did a bit of a deep dive into pedagogy to yeah. learn what people are talking about right now and it's about innovation it's mm-hmm. about um, being dynamic stuff like that gamification is quite popular at the moment for teaching mean? using games to oh, teach shit, yeah, so yeah, literally yeah. like Lego you yeah. know stuff like that um, but also <laughs> we are so <laughs> we are so brain dead because I know the fact that like we were discussing the story that we're going off topic but like I know when we're in a conference, I see so many people on their phones, on their laptops, like multitasking to the high heavens. And we expect our students to sit in front of a, an hour lecture, just like droning on a, just showing like lecture slides. I just think, I know you, I know I've seen you at all. Yes. And you can't do that. Why are you expecting your students to be able to like, 
it's exactly that yeah and they want to know that you like getting them out of the classroom so like when i was teaching last year i arranged which was an absolute ball like as you know Emily, it took me about six months to claim the expense back it doesn't need to be that hard but i arranged, <laughs> no, it was it was not it was half for no reason i don't know what the it was system, the system problem yeah. on it but i i planned a field trip and i took my students out of the classroom yeah. on a field trip it's things like that it's showing that you're not just going to mm. be stagnant and give them the same old boring material and also being aware of um modern issues so you know the fact that a lot of students these days have anxiety things like that how are you going to approach that yeah how will you make your classroom a safe and welcoming and inclusive space yeah being aware of mixed abilities you mm. might have one student that finds every task piss easy and another student that really struggles yeah. how are you going to deal yeah. with that so it's thinking about that's what they mean when they talk about your delivery of teaching oh that's really nice okay Okay. Yeah, I've got that. I've got that. You've got that. You've totally got that. Um, okay, general skills, commitment to values. That's what we're finishing off with. Oh, cool. Okay. So what, just general skills? So just like communication, yeah. organisation, time management, which I'm amazing at. I can use words. I can use words. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the commitment to values. It's yeah. obvious, right? Yeah. Whatever uni you are applying for, guys, know their values. There's only know their goals. Li- it literally will take a second to Google, and it's usually like, yeah, like for us as students at the heart. But they change every year their goals and their like, ask, like their moral, if they're like moral code or whatever. They... Yeah, like they, they're usually similar, but like they'll be, yeah, they'll be slightly different. Yeah. So like, and we like, have courageous co- student yeah. at the heart. Fuck knows, fuck knows. Inclusive <laughs> yeah. and something else. But you want to be able to talk about them um, but actually show that you live by them. And this episode isn't about how to get a job, so we're not going to talk about that too much, but no. just make sure that you have things throughout your PhD that that fit those values. Yeah. You can't just say, no, I'm dedicated, I'm like, I don't know, I care about the students, but not give any explanation as yeah. to why. So really this criteria underpins everything else we've talked about, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's just very specific to the uni, look it up, but they're all kind of the same and they're all kind of like you can you can apply like one thing to probably all the, the same unis yeah you know? yeah yeah they're all like, gonna have a student you're not gonna you're it. not gonna have to have something different for each uni it's all gonna be pre yeah absolutely i couldn't agree more <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> yeah i think we're done yeah so i guess to give a little tiny tiny summary is well this would be my take home and then ems you can give us yours but um if you're early in your PhD stage or late, whatever stage you're at, and you're thinking, okay, I do want to get a lectureship after this, then the things to do are to put yourself out there, get involved in as many different things as you can. Obviously not overcommit, and I don't mean spread yourself so thin that you're like, oh my God, I'm overwhelmed, I'm doing loads. But three, four years is a long time, even if you just do one additional project each year or just something extra, that's going to make you stand out from the crowd and it's actually going to make your PhD a lot more fun. Yes. At the end of the day, I honestly think that the reason why I've managed to stay so motivated on my actual thesis and PhD is because I've done all this additional stuff. Um, So that would be my big take home is just to get involved and just to get get your face known in the faculty that you're in and so that when the opportunities do pop up people come to you yeah you know I'm li- I was literally just nodding the whole way I would I like don't need to add anything else 100% <laughs> I was nodding this is an audio format this, but I'm but going to I'm, nod. yes 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 <laughs> should we get some quotes I think we should Let's I don't know why I did that <laughs> I don't know why you did that I know
We got a couple of good quotes for you. Well, I yeah. don't know, actually. Mine's good. <sighs> Yours is probably crap. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm joking. No, because I was scrolling and it just was all the same. Like, why why be, you know, you're born to stand out? <laughs> like, it was it was very, like, the same six quotes. You always your quote. <laughs> It was just like so many of the same quotes like that. And I was like, oh, yuck. And it reminded me of um, uh, Lady Gaga. She's like, oh, you know, the a um, compilation when she's like, she was in um, a, a sport, Born a Star. No, Star, Star is Born. What are you saying? Get your brain in order. <laughs> you know, Star is Born. Oh my God, yes. And it makes me weep. But sh- have you seen the compilation of her just saying the same thing again and again? What, in interviews? An interview. She's yeah, but like, to be fair, imagine how many promos they have to do. No, I need to show you. It's actually impressive. It's word for word going, um, there could be a million people in the room and 99 people don't believe in you and you just need that one. And Bradley was that one. Oh, no. So it was again, that again and again. And then I think one time she tried to change it. Like, you could have like a thousand in a room and you, you had nine, nine. <laughs> <laughs> she like fucked it. She's like, <gasps> and then she reminds her, and she went like, you could have a hundred in a room <laughs> oh. and 99. What's her song that's like born? Um, oh, born this way. And baby, I was born. But that's not in uh, Star is Born, is it? No, I know, but I'm just saying it's like similar vibes. Similar vibes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Baby yeah. self. Which I love. I mean, I love Lady Gaga. She's so extra. Oh, she's, she's amazing. She's amazing. But I'll show you. And if people, you need to Google it. Star is Born, Lady Gaga interview. <laughs> and it will just, it will be like a five minute video of her just being saying like... the same thing again and again. Okay, well, let's hope that's not what's about to happen. Hopefully, we'll Go have a different quote. quote. Go on. Yeah. Okay, so mine is from, this is mainly why I picked it, because it is from the one, the only, the legendary John Bon Jovi. Oh, yes. okay. Each one of you has something no one else has or has ever had. Your fingerprints, your brain, your heart. Be an individual, be unique, stand out, make noise, make someone notice. And that's the power of individuals. Yes. So it's everything you hate, actually. No, I like that one. It was it was less like, um, just like very, like that was more. I think more I liked it. it because it's the whole thing of like, yes, we're all going through the same process. And yes, there's going to be a lot of similar things that we do. Mm. But really, you do need to make yourself stand out. And you do that by being yourself. And what we've said, making someone notice. Like you can be doing all the great things in the world, but you unfortunately, you need recognition. You need yeah. people to be noticing that. In a way, yeah. I mean, the point is when you go for the job is actually your opportunity to make people notice, isn't it? Yeah, to make people look. Yeah. And I think embrace who you are and what you bring to the table. Is that what was that saying like as well? Like Yeah. You're you're unique. No one else is you. No. You've got something that you can bring. Literally, so yeah. You just need to show it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, What's I like your that? Quote? Um mine is the very word exist derives from to step forth, to stand out. Does it? Apparently. <laughs> I don't know, I didn't check. <laughs> say it again. Eric Nagum. Okay, say the quote again. The very word exist derives from to step forth, to stand out. Oh, apparently. I like it if it's true. Is it so the true. actual etymology of exist is stand should we, out? Let's check. Should we check? Okay, well, I think Molly's just giggled. I've just checked. done a little bit of research. Is for it not about true? 10 seconds. No, you're right. It actually oh. comes from um, the Latin to step out, to stand forth, to emerge. Um, there's a lot of stepping out. Yeah, so I'll, yeah. I'll, give, I'll give you it. Yeah, I so, like it. Literally, the definition to exist is to be yourself. And I think we've talked about it before. It's your superpower. Live by your values. Just exist. (laughs) Step forward. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This has been Super Genius. Please come in there. See us on Instagram. It's supergenius underscore pod. You can 
DM us with your suggestions for future episodes. Yeah. Um, so thank you for the suggestion for this one. And yeah, just come and say hello. And if you haven't rated us yet on Spotify or Apple Music or wherever you listen, get doing it. Five stars only, We please. love it. Like, we actually love reading. We've had so many good comments this week, haven't we? And we've been buzzing. We literally screenshot them and like send, send them, them to, to each other. And like, ah! We oh my God, we've so... reached 3,000 listens as well. We have. We Which reached 3,000. crazy. So exciting. And it's getting bigger every month. So tell your friends, yeah. PhD friends, people aspiring to do a PhD, or even, you know, Undergrad think, yeah, if you think anyone that would enjoy yeah. it, please, because we, we do actually love it. We love hearing your feedback. We do. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye.